Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? about starting a podcast is you listen to yourself a lot <laughs> in <laughs> which is new for you which is new for me so like recording the episode and then listening because we always edit together yeah um you realize you have speech patterns and you have you Ver- to, vocal tics if you vocal will. tics and you use kind of the same words over and over again so yes yes uh, yeah This is very true. So in this episode, we're going to really try to switch it up. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's important for us to expand our vocabulary. Uh, (laughs) So today, well, I guess, first of all, Welcome back to Where Did This Come From, everybody. We're so excited to have you here for another episode. I can't... You can't say excited. (laughs) That's one of our words. We say excited way too much. So Trevor, what other words can we use besides excited? Well, let's see here. I have uh, the thesaurus pulled up on my laptop, so let me get over to that. So today, uh, we are talking about our very first beer for Where Did This Come From, which makes me... Agitated? No, that's not right. No. <laughs> Annoyed, not right. No. We need the positive. Uh, disturbed, enthousi- enthusiastic. Okay. I'm enthusiastic. Uh, could be hysterical. Um, <laughs> thrilled. Thrilled, thrilled works. Is a good thrilled one. works. I want to go with we've thrilled. We've used that too. Uh, I'm quite animated about our topic today. Yes. Aroused is not the right word, but what? it is a synonym apparently of excited. <laughs> Definitely not that for today's show. Um, charged. We're really charged up to talk about beer today. We are today. charged up. I think we can move past this bit. Okay. Um, but I am enthusiastic about today's episode because, like we said, we're talking about our first beer. I love beer. I love learning about beer. And today, we are talking about Merzen. Now, I hear crickets because yeah. I'm sure some of you out there are thinking, what the hell is Merzen? <laughs> as and, well as your wife. <laughs> yeah, as well as my wife. Um, well, a lot of you listening actually know more about it than you think. Because this style of beer is better known here in the U.S. as Oktoberfest. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It's all coming together. All coming together. Oktoberfest beer is actually called Merzen. Now, of course, COVID has you know, taken its toll on the day-to-day of the world here in 2020. Uh, and among the many things we've had to give up, I am so distracted because I just noticed a huge bug on the wall. Holy shit, that's huge. Oh, my God. Uh, there's a giant bug. Oh, please hold. Please hold. I'm going to kill it. All right. Well, I will, uh, I will do a play by play of Laura saving me from the giant bug that is crawling up our wall. It's pretty huge. And she's going to smush it. Ooh. Ooh. And you're back. We're good. You're back. I saved you, baby. Don't worry. I thank you. Um, I'm the my bug. knight in shining armor. <laughs> Trevor doesn't really do insects so much. I kill them when I have to. Yeah, but it takes okay. you like ten minutes to. Like it depends on the size. Wrap your of head it. around okay. actually doing it. 
That was a really nasty large bug. Okay. That was quite large. Anyway. Like I was saying, COVID has taken its course here on the the on the world and it's taken its toll on the day-to-day of of everybody for and you know, fun stuff that's usually planned. Yeah, for health reasons, of course, the top uh, the list. But one of the many things we had to give up, of course, are large social gatherings. And we're actually recording this right in the middle of what would have been Oktoberfest in Munich, which was obviously canceled because nothing is less safe this year than funneling thousands of people into tents to drink and sing with their mouths open for two weeks straight. Yeah. As amazing as it is, which it really is an amazing thing. I've had the opportunity to be there in the past, which I'll touch on that a little bit later. But Merzenbier is German for March beer, like the month of March, not as in to March. Oh, so it's like... Is it, I assume it's, it's they start making it in March. They do, they do. Oh, um, so okay. it's a golden to deep amber lager style with a full body and moderate bitterness. The beer's color will range from an early autumn amber orange to a deeper late fall reddish tinged copper, which is kind of nice because it is you know associated with the fall. Yeah, yeah. German malt brings a medium aroma of rich, slightly toasted bready quality with some light bread crust. I love a good bready beer. I'm mm. not going to lie. Me too. It sounds weird to say it, but no, on the nose. I, I actually do. I know exactly what you mean by that. Get in, get, in, get in your beer next time. Just take a good whiff. Get your nose in that glass. Yeah, it's almost like eating a piece of bread. It is. I mean, it's it's they're made from the same thing, so right. it does make sense. Yes, which does tie, tie nicely together with our yes. episode from last there's week. Some more, there's more connectors coming. Um, so... Martzen may seem sweet at the front of the palate, but will transition quickly into complex bread and toast maltiness. Hop flavor should be low to none and bitterness only moderate. If hop flavor is present, it'll be of the German types showing floral, spicy, and herbal characteristics. Hmm. So if you're not a big IPA drinker, it might be a good... Martzen is a fantastic option for someone who's not an IPA drinker. Hmm. It is all about the malt. In that, so it has that sweeter, comp- sweeter quality to it, which is really, really nice. Not a sweet beer. I'm not saying right. it's a sugary beer, but right. But whereas the hop the, like, gives the bitterness, bitterness yeah, yeah, the malt will bring the sweetness to the beer. So the historical origins of Mertzen lie in a decree actually issued in 1553 by the Bavarian ruler Duke Albrecht V. Now he said in this decree he forbade all brewing between April 23rd. And September 29th, no brewing was allowed over the summertime. Oh, was that like a religious thing? It was not a religious thing. Good question, though. Um, but it was to prevent brewing during the warm season when bacteria would often infect the Bavarians' beers and quickly spoil them. They, of course, they didn't know that the bacteria was the reason for the beer spoiling, but they knew that the summer heat was affecting their beer somehow. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay, so they so instead of trying to figure out the problem they just said we're not going to brew anything during the summer months yeah we're going to make it uh, leave it to germany Uh, germany there's there's other laws that came across came up in germany over the years we'll talk about in in other episodes but beer law is one of the germany is probably one of the places to put beer law into effect including (laughs) this one so against the law to brew beer between april 23rd and september 29th okay so like Oktoberfest must have been the celebration of we're going to drink again or that's, we're going to brew again. That's that's kind of part of it, to be honest with you. And we're going to get into that a little bit down the line. Uh, one of the other reasons their beer was spoiling in the warmer weather was because of the main type of beer they were making, which is lager. Now, it's kind of important here that we touch 
quickly on the differences between ales and lagers. So when you break down all of the many beer styles in the world, and there's over a hundred different technical styles of beer, they all fall under one of two parent categories, which is ale or lager. What about mead? Is that beer? Mead is a honey. Mead is a honey wine. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I was just trying to test you. That's, I appreciate that. And I might, I might misspeak at some point in this episode too. So feel free, anyone no, listening, to call me out on it too. Um, but the main difference between ale and lager actually is the type of yeast that's used to make the two. So just like with sourdough, yeast is, of course, a key component to the brewing process. Now, ales traditionally made with yeasts that are called top fermenting yeasts. And this means that they float on top of the liquid that they're fermenting, almost like a little cap across mm-hmm. the top. Yeah, like that frothy, I think Corey was telling us about the yes, little frothy exactly, top. exactly. Okay. So the ale yeasts are happiest and healthiest in warmer temperatures, around 68 to 72 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 to 22 degrees Celsius. Lagers, on the other hand, are made with yeasts that are called bottom fermenting yeasts. And these lager yeasts, they tend to settle to the bottom of the liquid they're fermenting, sit right at the bottom of whatever fermenting chamber you're using. And they're actually going to prefer colder temperatures, around 45 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit or 7 to 13 degrees Celsius. Hmm, okay. So ales, top fermenting, higher temperature. Lager, bottom fermenting, lower temperature. Good yep. mnemonic device there to remember. Yeah. So lager yeasts also take a lot longer than ale yeasts when it comes to fermenting and finishing that process. Just because they're at a a lower temperature, things move a little bit more slowly. Mm -hmm. So they actually need to be stored at a consistently cool temperature in order for the fermentation to complete properly and not give off any strange flavors. So because of this, the summer months in Bavaria were just too hot to make the styles of beer that they were used to at the time. Which was lager. It was lager, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Once they had no concept of Right, yeast. lager versus ale, yeah. like if it was doing its thing on the top or the bottom. Yeah, they just knew that something was something bad was something happening. Something was off something in the summer. Something didn't taste right uh, if they were brewing throughout the summertime. Now, the word lager in German actually means warehouse or storage. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, so is that, I mean, I assume that means that was where they were brewing uh well they were they were storing the beer to to ferment it in stone cellars cold stone cellars or in caves up in the alps to maintain that consistent fermentation temperature throughout the summertime Mm. jumping back to that decree from duke albrecht v since there could be no brewing after april 23rd Mertzen got its name from brewers who were getting batches of beer together towards the end of march before that legal cutoff right Hence the name, cool. yeah, Meritzen or March beer. Hmm. Now, naturally, beers brewed in the fall and the winter could be consumed relatively fresh, but those that were made in March had to be consumed either immediately or stored into the summer months uh, and cracked open in the fall when brewing could resume again. Right. So would they drink beer during the summer? They would drink beer during the summertime. Okay, so they would – So, but March was like the last time to – Get your brewing in for the summer. Yeah, up until up until April twenty third. Yeah, was really that was the that was the law. Yeah, but they would they would brew enough beer to last to last throughout, throughout the summer. The months. summer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so it was almost like school vacation for brewers was from the end of April till the end of September. Right. They just couldn't brew, so they would sell their beer, right? But they wouldn't be making any new beer. Yep. 
Now, these March beers were usually brewed slightly stronger, so they would keep better throughout the summer months. So the higher the alcohol in something, the better chance it has of having a longer shelf life. Right. Okay. And everything was stored in, like, cool, dry places. Cool, dry places, yeah. the temperature was, was kind of okay for storage. Yeah, absolutely. And under these conditions, these strains of cold, tolerant, slow working yeasts were unknowingly being selected and cultivated way before any sort of understanding of microbiology. Yeah, and then once they were able to figure out hundreds of years later how to isolate those strains, they could then make sure they stayed the same and those styles of beer could be right. upheld. So for a long time, these early Martins were much darker than what we know today as our like American Oktoberfest beer. And this is because the vast majority of beers uh, that were made outside of Britain at the time were of the Dunkel style, or dark in German. Mm. So German beers were using a dark Munich style or Munich um, barley. Okay. Uh, which you can still get Munich Munich barley today. There's all different types of barley and grains that you use to make right. beer, and the different levels of how you toast it oh, is how okay. dark it'll get, oh, yeah. or how light it'll get. Because well, so, I kind of like associate German bread and wheat with like more rye. Yeah, you can brew with rye actually. Yeah. It provides a little bit of a spicier, more peppery note to the beer. Mm. But yeah, I mean, in in England, for instance, they had pale malt. Um, So it was a much lighter malted barley that they were using for their beers, which is where pale ale came from. Ah, gotcha. But in Germany at the time, dark beer was definitely much more the style. So the early Martzens were much darker darker than they are today. Gotcha. Not exactly like porter, but a much darker, richer brown color to them. So this actually brings us up in time to the first Oktoberfest celebration, which, surprise, surprise, wasn't actually a beer festival the first time it was held. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So the original Oktoberfest celebrated the marriage of Crown Prince Ludwig I of Bavaria and Princess Therese of Saxony. So it was actually a huge wedding celebration. Okay. What year was this? This was actually on October 12th, 1810. All right. Which, if you're looking at your watches is actually today, oh, October 12th, 2020. So 210 years ago to the day was the first Oktoberfest. Very cool. I would love to say that I planned this accordingly, <laughs> but I only discovered it in doing the research of this episode. But well, what a happy accident. What a wonderful happy accident. <laughs> and happy anniversary to Prince Ludwig I of Bavaria <laughs> and Princess Therese on your 210th wedding anniversary. Amazing. Here, here. The entirety of Munich, outside of the royal families that were involved with both of these, prince and princess, the entire town was invited to this event. Huge, huge gala event. Uh, And it lasted for five days and ended with a huge horse race, which was like the entertainment of the time. Mm -hmm. So imagine it kind of like Coliseum games of the early 1800s with probably just as much drinking. Maybe a little less death. (laughs) Much less, okay. I would hope so. Um, I meant more of like the spectacle of it than anything. Right. You raise a, a good show. point. Yeah. I misspoke on that one. <laughs> Not a good choice of a comparison. And it was actually, this was held in a field right in the center of Munich. But since then, since that day in 1810, it's become known as Theresian Visa or Teresa's Meadow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that still where they have Oktoberfest? Still where they hold Oktoberfest oh, to this day. That's cool. Now, the prince enjoyed the whole affair so much that every wedding anniversary, 
He did the whole thing like, all over again. We're going to do this again. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and like nice. you asked, the official Oktoberfest celebrations still take place on this meadow in Munich every single year. Hmm. Almost every single year. <laughs> Until now, 2020 hit. Uh, there's, there were more years than that. Okay. But in the 210 years since the first Oktoberfest, or 211 years, however you want to count it, um, there have been 25 years, only 25 years that the festival has not been held. Oh, wow. And number 25 is, of course, here in 2020. Yeah. And for the majority of the time, anytime it wasn't held was because of war. Yeah, I was going to say war. Or <laughs> uh, disease outbreak, actually. Um, oh. Mostly cholera. Okay. But now you can add COVID-19 to the list yeah. of things that are going to keep Oktoberfest from going off without a hitch. Wow. Now, meadow is the term that they use for this space of land, but it might not actually be the best word to describe this because it's equivalent to just over 100 acres of land in the middle of Munich. Oh, wow. Now, for reference, to kind of wrap our heads around that a little bit, I was trying to find something that's kind of ubiquitous around the world in size. You could fit the entire floor plan layout of Buckingham Palace five and a half times. It is massive. It doesn't so feel it, like you're in the city. It's it almost must be like, like in, Central Park, right? It's, it's actually much Maybe smaller than Central Park because Central Park is huge. Right. I think I said it was, It was. Uh, I read that it was one-tenth the size of Central Park. Oh, wow. Okay. But yeah, Central but Park like, is massive. When you're in Central Park, like in the middle of Central Park, you don't feel like you're in the middle of a huge city. Right. It's very, very similar to that, actually. Right. Um, there is really no concept of being in Munich when you're in... The middle of in the, the middle meadow. Of in the middle of Teresa's meadow. Teresa and Visa. German is a very difficult language to for me to speak. Which is funny because English is based off German. Yeah, that's kind of mind-boggling. But Teresa and Visa. Teresa and Visa. Yes. I'll probably try to stop saying that for the rest of the episode. Yeah, it's a little fun to say. It is fun to Therese say. Teresa and Visa. So the Oktoberfest beers that were served at the festival were actually Marzen. Marzen. Makes sense. Marzen beer. I gotta. I learned Marzen pronunciation doing these these research notes. I was saying Marzen for years, which we right. probably all say in the states. Right. So if I slip back and forth, that's why. Marzen. Marzen. The correct way. Okay. Marzen. Marzen. So again, these were Marzen beers, the original Oktoberfest beers, and were more of that Dunkel style, that darker Munich style I was talking about, and they were all supplied by the established local breweries in the area. Now, this went on for a long, long time. Hundreds of years. Not hundreds of years. Good Lord. Uh, I'm so used to just jumping ahead hundreds of years in our episodes. Yeah. It's becoming natural. About 60 years. Uh, this all kind of changed in 1872 when uh, Josef Settlemeyer of Franciscaner Brewery, which is today part of Spaten Brewery, uh, introduced an amber lager to Oktoberfest, which is a little bit lighter in style. Hmm. So he first made this beer in 1871. Um using a template of a Vienna-style lager, which is still a beer that's out today. In fact, if you know Negra Modelo, Negra oh, Modelo yeah. is a Mexican beer, but it's a Vienna-style lager. So that oh. style of beer originated in Vienna, Austria, around the same time as Martzen, actually. Okay. So he made this beer, and it was deemed as huge success. So the following year, in March of 1872, he started brewing another batch to get ready for um, drinking in the fall. Mm-hmm. And he called this beer Urmerzen which translates to original Märzen in German. Oh, that's bold. Which is interesting, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a different take on the original beer. Right. Now, when his beer supply of 
different beer he was brewing, a darker Dunkel style, his beer supply ran low at the 1872 Oktoberfest. Settlemeyer was considering serving beer from a different brewery made outside of Munich in order to keep pouring beer and selling beer. Now, this made him nervous because of the really strict rules enforced at the festival that are still enforced to this day. So only the large breweries that brew inside Munich's city limits are actually allowed to deliver and serve beer at Oktoberfest. Oh, so if you go to Oktoberfest, you're only drinking Munich. You're only drinking beer beer. brewed at six different breweries. Now five, because two of them merged. Oh, wow. But Augustiner, Hacker Shore, Hofbrau, Lowenbrau, Polliner, and Spaten Franziskaner, which that's the one that um, merged together. Mm. So Spaten, Franziskaner. Those were five and six, but they're now one. They are one one brewing entity, yeah. So he was worried about losing his contract to serve at the festival if he were to, like, serve a beer from outside of Munich. Right, yeah. So he made his Ermartsen available to the Thirsty Festers, and it was a massive success. Oh, that's cool. Huge success. And, of course, kind of like we were talking about with Fleischmann's yeast at that world exposition, right? instantly you're exposed to thousands and thousands of people right. for this Love brand new type of beer. Right, want more, probably. Yeah. But what he unknowingly introduced was, you know, basically the modern Märzen that we know today. Oh. Okay. Uh, and the staple that all Oktoberfest celebrations shortly thereafter started supporting. And huh. the style was really hastily adopted by many of the other Munich breweries to kind of keep up with the popularity, That's which really is natural. So for a long time, this became the beer of Oktoberfest. Right, yeah. So That's much cool. so that actually now in America, we brew a style of beer simply called Oktoberfest. That's modeled on that modern-day Martzen that uh, Josef Settlemeyer unleashed on the world. The Ermartzen. Yeah, yeah, cool. I wonder if everyone was just, like, so <laughs> happy and drunk um, on the normal Martzen that they then had this other stuff. And its popularity grew because there was a bunch of drunk people being like, oh, my gosh, this is so delicious. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> another reason why is that it was about 3% higher in alcohol than, oh, than the other, yeah, the other yeah. one. So See, there was a catch somewhere. Yeah, they basically got – basically. They basically. basically just got loaded off this yeah. new beer. Yeah. Um, which, That's really cool. Not the point to just get rip-roaring drunk at the entire thing. You want to enjoy the, the culture and the experience, of course, of Bavaria. right. right. But when you unleash an eight percent alcohol beer on unsuspecting people, yeah. when they weren't they weren't ready for it, anything could happen. So some of the most notable Mertzens uh, in the world, and I'm gonna miss a few here, but I had to condense this down because I could have made this list super long. Uh, Francis Goner, <laughs> the episode Augustiner. is just you listing I know. off beer. <laughs> okay. I could do that for forty minutes. I know you could. <laughs> Let's not subject our listeners to that. I no, I would never do that. Just you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so the 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 world renowned Martins, um, internationally, Franziskaner, Augustiner, Eyinger, Spaten, of course, four of the the more popular ones out there. Now, locally, and by locally, I mean here in the states, mm-hmm. uh, Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, of mm-hmm. course, we're all very familiar with here in New England, Brooklyn Brewery Oktoberfest, mm. uh, and Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Yeah. Actually, Oktoberfest style beer in the states is actually most popular in the Midwest. Oh, interesting. Which yeah. actually, it makes sense. Oh, it There's, make sense. Yeah, a lot of that German-Austrian heritage settled in that part of the country yeah. there. So I they think were that's some the only the, one that I haven't had. I've yeah. had I've had Great Lakes before. I don't remember if you can actually get it here. Right. I've had it in my past journeys on the road and things like that. Yeah, um, cool. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's, I mean, there's so many more out there that I love, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save y'all 
Yeah, see if you everyone are. can go off and, and look up their own. Yes, they check explore. out. Yeah, check out renowned Oktoberfest in the states, or honestly broaden your horizons and get some of the originals out there. Get some of the German Oktoberfests. Most of them are available in um, like specialty uh, specialty beer shops. beer shops. Not even necessarily specialty beer shops. Even like if you're kind of in the area with just like a standard packy or a standard liquor store, you're going to be able to find at least one label of true Bavarian German Oktoberfest or Martzens. Mm. There are a lot of fun facts about Oktoberfest. I'm sure. And I think the funnest fact of all was that I got to go to Oktoberfest. <laughs> um, for me, that's the most fun of all. And humble it's been a long brag. time, but it's not a humble brag. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, 2007. Oktoberfest 2007 was uh, notable because I was there. Uh, <laughs> for me, anyway, not for the Germans. <laughs> yeah. They were not thrilled that I was there, I could probably guarantee. Um, but maybe one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen in my entire life. What, um, like, struck you in the most? The whole, it felt like the whole country was there. Yeah. Which isn't true. It's, I think, I read 72 to 75% of attendees every year are Bavarian which is that southern That's... part of Germany. Right. And Bavaria is really the only true place in Germany that has Oktoberfest um, because it is a, B a Bavarian tradition. Now, I think other places in the country probably celebrate yeah. it, kind of right. like we celebrate Cinco de Mayo or St. Patrick's Day St. is probably Patrick's a better, yeah. better uh, example there. But it's just this, this feeling of unity and everyone's excited and everyone's happy and singing and yeah, um, it really is. And for me as a, a trumpet player, there is just music right. everywhere, yeah. everywhere, everywhere. It's just huge. The energy is just palpable. Now, Oktoberfest is slightly a misnomer uh, because it actually starts in September. Right. And it's more of a kickoff to the season. Uh, now, it ends every year on the first Sunday in October. Okay. But it, I mean, it was originally. So they originally, don't tie it to the wedding anniversary date of October 12th. Not anymore. It used to be. Right. So it used to be held in the middle of October, but it was too cold. Oh. So they moved it so back. They moved it up. They, yeah. moved it, oh, they moved it up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. They moved it up. Um, but yeah, it used to be held around the 12th. Okay. And then so it became. So is it. How long is it? Two weeks? It's two weeks. Well, it's plus the weekends. So it's 16 to 18 days okay. every year. Uh, so it's long. It is long. Yeah. And the majority of Bavaria shuts down. Right. Like businesses shut down. People who work at Oktoberfest have other jobs throughout the year. I'm not going to use the right term here, but what they were basically called was like the beer maids, which is traditionally the beer in at Oktoberfest is served by women. Right. Uh, now, these women are super strong. I can uh, and having to deal with the people they deal with are super badass. Yeah, I bet. Because they will shut someone down real fast. Um, but they can carry up to 10 liters of beer oh in one go, five in each hand. Because the traditional glass beer stein at Oktoberfest is called a moss, and it holds a full liter of beer. That's so much. And a lot of times they're wearing like wrist guards because right. it just, for yeah. two straight weeks, they're carrying. Like hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Yeah, that's a of lot beer. of stamina. So much stamina, and they can make five figures, low like ten thousand euro. They could make in two weeks. Wow! From tips alone and wages from serving wow. beer at Oktoberfest. That's cool. Yeah, Albert Einstein worked as an electrician at Oktoberfest oh. in eighteen ninety six, setting up beer tents. That's a fun with fact. electricity and lights. Yeah, 
Albert Einstein. I don't know how I, – I, I couldn't find if he worked at more than one. Right. Um, was it just kind of an odd job? I think so. Him? He was a very yeah. poor physicist right. for a long time. Um, so, yeah, he worked worked to make some extra, extra cash at the festival. Now, locals don't call it Oktoberfest. Mm. Go figure. That's funny. Yeah. They actually call it uh, – I'm going to try to pronounce this properly – Wiesen. Wiesen. Wiesen, which is the German word for meadow. Hence, oh. Teresa's meadow. So not even like Meadow Fest or Meadow Fest. Meadow Fest coming this September. <laughs> no, just just Vison. All the beer served at the festival, which was in 2018, seven point five million liters of beer. All of it is brewed. Well, am I keeping you? <laughs> am I keeping you up? I didn't think it was that boring of a topic. Lord, this huge yawn across from me at the table. It's kind of like dark, and I'm getting sleepy. Sorry. I'll How try many to make it more. I'll try to make it more interesting for you. Liters of beer. Seven point five million liters oh, of beer in 2018. I listen. A very exciting number. <laughs> that is a lot of beer. Nice that's save. Impressive. Nice save. Uh, it's all brewed specifically for Oktoberfest every single year, and at a slightly higher alcohol level than normal. So oh, six, so it's a little special. It's a little special now because of this higher alcohol level. And the levels at which people are drinking at throughout the two weeks, it can be dangerous for some people, obviously. Yeah. So because of this, they have a very large Red Cross tent at Oktoberfest for mm. when people go overboard and get alcohol poisoning. Oh, jeez. Because it's, yeah. it's not an if, it's how it's, many people. Right. I think the last number I saw, which might have been for the 2018 fest as well, was 600 to 800 people. Oh, my gosh. Got alcohol poisoning. Yikes. That's a lot. It is a small percentage compared to the amount of people who attend. Right. But that's but still that's a lot of that's medical a lot. attention. That, that is a lot. Might be necessary. Also, this wasn't from my notes, but from my own personal experience of being on Oktoberfest, <laughs> outside of the beer tents. So this whole meadow in the middle of the city is um, down a little bit. So when you get to it, there's kind of like a downslope mm-hmm. into the space. And generally that downslope is out the back door of a lot of the beer tents. The beer tents are kind of along the perimeter of this whole piece of land. Oh, okay. And you kind of just stumble out of the back of the beer tent and you and lay down to... on this little incline yeah, and take a nap. on the grassy knoll. On the grassy oh. knoll. And you take a nap, hour, couple hours, sleep it off a little bit. And then when you stand back up, you're already at a downward tilt, so your momentum just carries you right back, right back into the beer tent <laughs> to sit back down and to enjoy the festivities a little bit more. Now, I was mentioning now- these beer tents. Okay. So there's 14 large beer tents, and I just used air quotes because you can't see me. And they're run by the large brewers of Munich, like I was mentioning, Augustiner, um, Hackershore, these places. Now, Hofbrau has the largest tent at all of Oktoberfest. And that's happened to be the one that we actually, me and my friend who I was traveling with at the time, were able to get seats at. Oh, that's cool. We were just, because there was two of us, it was a little bit easier. So the largest tent at Oktoberfest holds about 11,500 people at the oh same time. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to say like 4,000. No, it's essentially a small arena Wow, is what the size of these things are. So it is shaped like a tent, right. but there are these massive temporary structures that are rebuilt every single year in this meadow that hold that. And that's the biggest one. Some of them hold 8,000, 9,000, 5,000. Right. Some of them are much smaller too, but... Eleven and a half thousand people in this place. It was 
It's massive. It's like hard to fathom, especially since it's been the two of us like, in our house. For I know. The last it would six be. Months. It would be actually if we went from this to that overnight. <laughs> it might it would be, be overloaded. a little bit too much. Yeah. That and the fact we don't speak German is a little bit difficult. Yeah. Now, one of the reasons I had such an amazing time at Oktoberfest is that every one of these tents, there's large brass bands that can be found on a huge bandstand yeah, rising above so all the people, like 10, 15 feet mm-hmm. above the ground, uh, playing both traditional German songs, drinking songs, uh, and modern covers that have become staples for the festival. Um, the song Hey Baby is played over and over, like on the hour every time, which is very interesting. <laughs> it seems kind of random. It is really random. I don't. I didn't ask questions. I was caught up in the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and then, really, traditional instruments fun. are used as well, outside of you know tubas and trumpets and trombones, like the alpenhorn, which is I don't even know what that is. Everyone knows what it is from Ricola commercials. It's that giant long horn yeah. that they play oh, up in the Alps. Oh yeah. Now, believe it or not, as much as it seems like this pure debauchery. Uh, it's actually very much a family festival. Mm. There's a whole section there with amusement rides, games, and events for all ages. And Sundays actually are like kind of like the unwritten rule that it's family day oh, on every Sunday of Oktoberfest. So there's kids everywhere. This kind of reminds me of Mardi Gras because, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I think we have some close friends that are from New Orleans area and, you know, and they would talk about Mardi Gras and bringing, like, little kids there, we were like, wait, what? Mardi Gras? And children? That doesn't seem to mix. But it's actually a very family-friendly events. Um, yeah, and having gone a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, there's, like, certain parades that, you know, are more kid-friendly and obviously some that are, are more um, for the adult audience. True. But um, there's a lot of families, and it's kind of like a an event for all ages. It is surprisingly a family-friendly yeah, atmosphere. yeah. So I guess we have the same connotation with Oktoberfest. That would be adults only. Or yeah, but lots. I mean, a lot of space devoted to the to kitties. Yeah. Now, of course, it is a giant beer festival. Right. So because of the drinking involved, there's actually a lost and found specifically for children. Oh, like you've lost your child. You lost your child. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a lost and found for children who have been. Maybe I should say that. The children lost their drunk parents is the better way to right. better way to phrase that. Oh jeez. <laughs> now the world's largest brewer of Oktoberfest style beer, actually Samuel Adams, Boston yeah. Beer Company, brews more Oktoberfest style beer than anywhere else in the world. I think that's the first Oktoberfest I ever tried was Sam Adams. It was yeah, for me for a long time. Back in the day. And that's what I, I was had it in a long time. That's what I was comparing. That's what I had to compare at the time, because I was only twenty-two. Uh, in Germany when I was going there was like my experience with Samuel Adams Oktoberfest, which is a really tasty beer. Right. But it's not the same thing. So yeah, that is that is the story of Merzen, the story of, which I've probably said four different ways throughout the show, but Merzen, Merzen, uh, and Oktoberfest. That's Um, so Since we are here in the the middle of October, and today again is the anniversary of Oktoberfest. Very. The first, the first. Um, so a few references for this one, um, the Oxford companion to beer by Garrett Oliver, which is the beer tome out there, allaboutbeer.com, the writing of K. Florian Klemp at allaboutbeer.com, Nick Carr at kegerator.com, and then edreams.com, which is a nice little travel site, which had some, some of the fun facts that I used today came from edreams.com. Awesome. So yeah, that is that yeah, is that everything I have. I you know like had Oktoberfest beer, but 
really haven't like thought about it. Like I don't think I've ever drank an Oktoberfest or um Mertzen and been like, huh, I wonder what the history is on this. It's sort of just like it's there on the shelf and you yeah. and you take it and you drink it in October or September if you're being more yeah. accurate, I guess. Or August when they actually start selling them these days, which is getting earlier <laughs> and earlier. Too early. But, but on that note, thank you as always for listening, everybody. Please, as we're always going to ask you this, remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Where Did This Come From on your favorite podcast platform. We are also on Instagram at Where Did This Come From underscore pod. So Where Did This Come From pod. Please follow us, share with your friends, and we'll see you next time on Where Did This Come From. Be well, everybody.